We said our purpose here is a twofold one. In this series, what I'd like to do is not only to share with you information about the Lishitose. You know, you should know there is such a Lishitose and there is such a Lishitose. There is the Rebbe's Lishitose. It's much deeper and it works like that. What I'd like to do is actually for you to experience a Lishitose. For you to actually taste what it's like. How does it look like? How does it sound like? And so today, together, we're actually going to experience one of the many Lishitase methodology of the Rebbe with regards to two great Tanaim in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. To do that, we are going to read three texts. If you have the booklet, Matov. If you don't have, don't worry. <clears throat> I'll be reading the texts, and these are short texts. You'll be able to, uh, even if you don't have the text, to follow and, and record the information. We'll begin with the first machloket, with the first argument between Tutanaim, Rabbi Yudan and Rabbi Shimon in tractate Psachim. Let's take a look on in your booklet. If you're following from the Hebrew, then we'll be on page one in the Mishnah. If you're following from the English, it'll be on page two. So <clears throat> I'm going to read a small portion of the Mishnah in the middle of the Mishnah where it begins Rabbi Yehuda Omer. In the English, uh, it would be uh, Rabbi Yehuda says. In the middle, towards the end, actually. Rabbi Yehuda Omer. Rabbi Yehuda says, "En biur chametz el In order to properly burn, eliminate the chametz before Pesach, there is only one way. Burning it with fire. That's how you eliminate chametz. And Chachamim says, No. You can even be mefarer. You uh, crumble it. Throw it in the wind. Or throw it in the in the ocean. That's how you can eliminate and get rid of Hamid. Atkan, this is the first text. What's going on here? We just learned a machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Chachamim. Among the Chachamim, remember, is all the other ones, including Rabbi Shimon. What do they say? The Torah says, Tashbitu se'or mi There is a mitzvah. Before Pesach, you must eliminate your chametz. How do you do this? Rabbi Yudha says, listen, there is only one way. Burning it. Take fire, you burn the chametz. Zehu. Rabbi Shimon, among the Chachamim, he says, no. 
you don't need to just burn it. You have other options. Of course, you can burn it, but there are other methods that works as well. And that would be crumble it and throw it in the wind. Crumble it and throw it in the ocean. You learn this Mishnah. And I'd like to encourage you. Remember, I encourage you that in the previous lessons. I want you to ask yourself, always when you learn the Machloket like that, one simple question. Mahu Yesoda Machloket. What's the basis of the argument? Don't move on. Don't move on. Ask yourself that question. Right away, what are they arguing about? Meaning, why is Rabbi Yuda says what he says? Why is Rabbi Shimon says what he says? Why not both of them says Srefa? Or both of them says crumble it? Why not the opposite? What's the basis of the argument in the first place? Why should it be this way or should it be that way? What's going on? Text 2, second Machloket. This time we're traveling to Shabbat, to tractate Shabbat. In your booklet, we're not traveling that far. The next page, you're following the Hebrew, it's on page 3 in the Mishnah. And uh, 4 in the English side. I'm going to read again a portion from the Mishnah. I'm going to read it through, translate, and then I'm going to explain what's going on. You may be familiar with the concept, but if you're not, I'm going to give you the principles so you understand exactly what's going on. The Mishnah reads, Somebody on Shabbos pulls out a fire, a candle, a burning candle. Mipne, she because he has several reasons. Either he's afraid of people who could attack him. Danger. If they see a light, they may, they may come and attack. You may remember the story of Rabbi Akiva. His candle went away. There were listim coming in. Well, that's not the story of Rabbi Akiva, but... Similar, the guy is Friday night and there is people coming into the city, running, screaming. It's a war. He's afraid if they're going to see him, they may attack him. So he wants to put out the fire because of that. Or because there is a, a chole, either him or another person, uh, sick, and he wants him to, he wants to sleep, he wants to rest. Patu is, uh, is, patu, is exempt. Is Minatora biblically is no problem. No problem. That's the first halacha. Second halacha in the Mishnah. Kechas alaner, kechas alashemen, kechas alabtila, chayav. However, if his reason is all other type of reason, <clears throat> he's a he wants to protect the, the, the candle. In those days, they had made of clay, and he figures that if the fire is going to continue, it may break the, the actual lamp. So he pulls out the fire to save the lamp. Or he wants to save a little bit of oil. 
for the next time. Let's say he finished the meal Friday night. He said, you know what? He left uh, that much oil. I don't need it for now. I'll use it for next Shabbos. So he wants to put out the fire to save the oil. Or, same thing, he wants to save the, a little bit of the wick. In this case, says the Mishnah, Chayav is Chayav. That's a melacha, that's usr, that's prohibited on Shabbos. He just did the prohibition of kibuy, of mechabeh, of putting out a fire on Shabbos. The Mishnah continues, but we're going to stop here. We're going to pause here in the Mishnah. That's the relevant text for us today. Basically, we learned that there are reasons that he may have where, let's say, to save himself from a danger that is patul, and that there are other reasons where he wants to save the lamp, for example, then he's chayav. Continues the Gemara, and let's read a little shtickle, a little piece of Gemara together. Page 5 in the Hebrew and page 6 and 7 in the English. I'm going to read through quickly. Gemara says like this. There is no name in the Mishnah in the beginning of the Mishnah, right? It says, these reasons it's patu, these reasons it's chayav. So the Gemara, the Talmud assumes that because it says in the Seifad, I mean in the later cases, in the case when he wants to save the oil, save the lamp, save the wick, that it's chayav, that it's prohibited, Shmamina Rabbi Yudai, this must be Rabbi Yehuda. Why? We'll explain soon. If so, Reisha B'mayaskina. If so, the beginning of the Mishnah, when it says if he pulls out the fire for a sick person, so the sick person could rest, what type of sick person we are speaking about? It could be two types. could be either a sick person that is uh, in danger, and if he doesn't go to sleep, he could die. Or it could be a sick person that you know, has got a headache. Meaning, it's just a little bit more of a comfort but uh, he's not in danger of uh, you know life and death. So the Gemara is asking, what type of sick person is it? If we're speaking about a chole, a sick person that is in danger of life or death, mutami baile. What do you tell me? Patul. Patul sounds like it's okay biblically, but it's prohibited rabbinically. You should say muta. You should say it's allowed. Of course, everybody would say even rabbinically should be okay to save the life of a person on Shabbat. Similar to, remember, the, the, the listim, the nochim, the, the, the thieves who are coming in, you want to save your life, see, it's okay. So the chole she'yesh bo sakana should also be okay, completely okay. Ve'i b'chole she'ein bo sakana chayav chatat mi ba'ile. The Gemara is asking if it was a chole that is not in a danger of life and death, should be chayav, should be chiyuv. It's a prohibition on Shabbat. Answer the Gemara, Le'olam b'chole sh'yesh bo sakana. We're speaking about a chole that is in danger of life or death if he doesn't go to sleep. So when you put out the fire, you save his life. U'bedinu delitne mutar. Ve'ayde debay lemitne seifer chayav tanya mireh shapatur. Really, you're right. It should have been said mutar. 
We use the term patur because at the end of the Mishnah we use the term chayav. So we use the term patur in the beginning, but really to be accurate, it should be mutar. It should be completely allowed. You're right. And the Gemara concludes, and when it says the Chole in Rabbi Yoshaya Abraita, clearly that if it was for a Chole for his sleep, so, he, so he's able to sleep, if you pull out a fire, it's Patur Avalasu. We're speaking about a chole that doesn't have a danger, and that's Rabbi Shimon. Now, I imagine that if it's the first time you're learning this Talmud, you're probably wondering what's going on. So don't worry, let's make it clear, and we're going to summarize this very simple, the information that is relevant for our subject today. On Shabbat, you all know that, you're not allowed to work. Work. What does it mean? Work. There are 39 types of melachot of work, which are basically defined based on what was involved to uh, build, to prepare the Mishkan, the tabernacle in the, in the Midbar, in the desert. And from there we learn what is considered halachically, from a perspective of Jewish law, work. On Shabbat, you may not do these types of work. You must rest. We said there are 39 of them. One of them is kibui, mechabe, put out the fire. Now you have to know, in the Mishkan, there was kibui. If it's one of the 39, there was also that action, that work which is to put out a fire. But in the Mishkan, it had a specific purpose. The original work of put out a fire in the Mishkan was in order to create charcoal. Meaning, in the Mishkan, they needed to make dye, different color and different types of paint and dye. So they would take a piece of wood, let's say, they would turn it on, create a fire. And after a little while, they will put out the fire. So they have now charcoal. And they will use that charcoal to create dye for the Mishkan. Which means that the Melacha originally had a purpose and was defined for that specific purpose. As a result, the question is now today, if I do that same melacha, I put out a fire, but for a different purpose, not for the original purpose in the Mishkan, not to create charcoal. I do this for, let's say, going to sleep. I want to sleep, so there is light that bothers me, so I put out the fire. Or to save the oil. Or to save the lamp. So I do the exact same action, 
but not for the original purpose, for my own personal purpose. In the term, in the terminology of Jewish law, it's called melacha she'eina tzchicha legufa. Melacha, which I do with intention, but not legufa, not for its own real original purpose of the Mishkan, but for a different purpose. Such as the example we just brought about putting out the fire, not to create charcoal as it was for the Mishkan, but as the Mishnah said, to save the lamp, to save the oil. Is it okay or it's not okay? Biblically speaking. We just study here in the Gemara, if you paid attention, it's a machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says, Chayav, and he's the one speaking in the Mishnah. It's Chayav, it's prohibited. It doesn't matter if you have your own purpose. You did the Melacha, you Chayav. Rabbi Shimon says, Patur. Rabbi Shimon says, no. To be chayav, to be prohibited biblically, it's not only that you have to do the melacha, but you have to do the melacha with its original purpose. So if you would today put out a fire in order to create charcoal, then you transgress the melacha, then prohibited, then consider working on Shabbat. But if it's for your own purpose, a different purpose, to go to sleep, to save the lamp, to save the, the, the oil, then pato, then biblically it's okay. That's what we just learned. That's the machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shim. Here too, my dear friends, I would encourage you to ask again the same question. Mahu Machloket? What's the basis of the Machloket here? What's the reasoning between Rabbi Yudan and Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Yudan says it's not okay. Don't care what the purpose is. You did the Melacha, prohibited. Rabbi Shimon says, no, it's okay. Because it's not for the original purpose, it's for your own purpose. What's going on? Why Rabbi Yudah says this, Rabbi Shimon says that. One says Chayav, one says Patu. What's the, what's the reasoning? Now, let's conclude with a third text. Page, uh, where is it? Page 8. This time... We are traveling all the way to a Midrash. So we're not in Jewish law anymore. We're not in Halakha. We're going to a whole other section of the Torah. If you remember in the Torah, there are different sections. You're familiar with the Talmud, which is under Jewish law, under Halakha. Then you have uh, the Kabbalah, Hasidut, Sod. Then you have what's called the Midrash. So on every chumash, you have a midrash. Midrash Rabbah, you have uh, the Sifra, the Sifri. 
So this is from the Sifra, Torah Kohanim, which is a medrash on the book of Vayikra, on the third book of the Torah, that was also said by the Tanaim. And this is what the medrash says. Let's take a look. Vehishbati chaya The Torah says that God, when Moshiach will come, will eliminate the wild animals from the land, from the earth. Rabbi Omer, ma'aviran min ha'olam. Rabbi Yehuda says, yes, indeed, he will get rid of them. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, ma'ashbitan shelo yaziku. He will only remove the nature of, uh, of, uh, of, um, of hezek, of damaging, of attacking, like you say, of uh, aggressive, the, the lions and the bear and so on. He will remove that from them. That's what, that's what the Pasuk means. Let me explain this Medrash, what's going on. The Torah in Bechukotai, Parashat Bechukotai, in the end of the book of Vayikra, lists a few nevuot, prophecies, of things that will happen when Moshiach will come. By the way, it's an interesting parasha or section of the parasha, which is unique in the Torah, that describes some of the things that will happen when Moshiach will come. One of the things the Pasuk says, Vehishbati chayara. No more chayara, no, no more wild animals when Moshiach will come. So, in the Midrash, between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon, again, what does it mean? Rabbi Yudah says what it means. It means simple, as you understood. It will, Hashem will eliminate completely the, the wild animals. There'll be no more, no more zoos, no more lions, no more tigers, no more bears. Disappears, finished, gone. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, no, no, no. That's not what it means. There'll be lions. There'll be a tiger, there'll be bears, don't worry. What it means is, he will remove the chayarai, will remove the, the, the quality within them that is wild. So all of a sudden, there'll be lion, but the lion will be peaceful. The, the, the bear will be peaceful, the tiger will be peaceful. That's what it means. And I'm asking you the question again, Chavirim. Mahu Machloket. What's the basis of the argument? What's going on? Why is Rabbi Yehuda says what he says and Rabbi Shimon says what he says? Well, what's going on here? What the Rebbe is doing at this point. He says, Did you see? Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, we have three Machloktot. One, Psachim. Had to eliminate chametz. Two, Shabbat. Whether a melachaf, not for its original purpose, it's okay or not okay. Three, wild animals, when Moshiach will come, we'll get rid of them, what does it mean? Completely or just their quality of hazek? Says the Rebbe, Rabbi Yudan, Rabbi Shimon are going they are following their shita. But not 
that, let's say, Shabbat evolved from their Svarot in, in Chometz, in, in, in Psachim. No, no. Psachim and Shabbat and the Medrash of Torah Kohanim, all three evolves from a quintessential Shita. Where is that Shita? Nowhere. You're not going to find it in a book. Because it doesn't belong to a book. It doesn't belong to any subject. It doesn't belong to Psachim. It doesn't belong to Shabbat. It doesn't even belong to a section of Torah. Let's say Halacha. Or Midrash. It's somewhere there. In the world of wisdom. And therefore, from there you would have a Lishitose that will translate itself, that will take the form and shape of different subjects and even of different sections and nature of subject. Psachim, Shabbat, and a medrash of the Chayad Ra'at when Moshiach will come. 